conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion. Hello there, folks. Welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast with a sexy, sexy perm. I'm Dan O'Keefe, and joining me as always, currently backed by The Simpsons Couch as her virtual background, it's tired in to Milwaukee. That's me. I am tired, and I am in Milwaukee. <laughs> I'd be Maybe a terrible like, romance line host. It'd be called like like melatoninless in Milwaukee. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just maxed out the sound laughing at my own jokes. Oh man, that was bad. That was bad. I don't apologize. Anyway, uh, Anna, how are you? You know, Dan, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You know, it it was warmer today. It got yeah. above the single digits for the first time in about a week. It did. Um, I was breaking out my swimsuits. Oh, mm-hmm. weird, but... Not really. I'm just I'm kidding. sorry. Completely off topic. This is the third week in a row you've worn your Batman onesie to Stop record. outing me. I don't want anybody yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah, because it's cold in our apartment, so I come home. My clothes from the dog... If I was at the doggy daycare, they smell like Dan. Mm-hmm. They just smell. So I peel those clothes off and I put on my warm and comfies, you know, which just happened to Mm -hmm. be a onesie that's got the Batman symbol on it. I'm so sorry that I don't confine to your fashion norms, Dan. My my fashion norms. Your fashion that you are setting the bar for. Right now, I'm wearing two pairs of pants. Why? Is one of them like long pants? Well, one of them is just sweatpants that I put a pair of jeans over them, but so that the sweatpants stay. I don't wear skinny jeans. Oh, yeah. I was trying to the picture. The jeans fit like, over the sweatpants. I was trying to picture myself putting sweatpants on over or under my <laughs> jeans, and I was like, impossible. Can't be done. But you can put on like leggings under your jeans, right? Yeah, I've done that. Not these yeah. jeans. My jeans are skin tight. But like some of my old jeans. Yeah, for sure. You best not be telling Gen Z that your jeans no. are skin tight. They will <laughs> publicly shame you. Look, if I wear anything that's not skin tight jeans, I look like I literally have a full diaper on. So mm-hmm. I'm not changing my oh. style. Oh, all the the fashion trends of Gen Z. I can say this because I'm a part of the silent generation. Um, <laughs> I, they just don't work for a lot of people like they middle parts are in. No. If, if, look look at my hair. Look Dan, at it. Gage look tried it. to do a middle part, and I'm telling you, he looked like did you watch um Jimmy Neutron when you were little ever? Yeah. Did he look like Bulby? Yeah, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, I don't know. I think that might be better. I look like Dwight Schrute for the middle part. <laughs> I think you both should definitely make the move to a middle part. I think you both would look really good. Uh, it's because it's we have short hair. It doesn't work. But also, if I had longer hair, I'd just look like a depressed man. I look like a hippie. 
Like, my hair is super long right now. Uh-huh. And first of all, I'd look the way I did in seventh grade, which is a time I do not want to go back to. Why? Seventh grade is everybody's favorite year. You know it. Um, and second <laughs> of all, I just, my hair is pinned straight. It doesn't do anything. So I just look yeah, like same. a sad little hippie. To continue ranting about the youth, something that I don't understand uh, on TikTok, you know how there are those teenagers. Yes. Noah Beck is the only one whose name I can remember, but they have, have that no hair that is. that's like it's super feathery and it's over their forehead and it like bounces up and down. Are you talking about like the boys? Yeah. Yes. I don't know any real life teenagers who have hair like that. I just know how- like. The ones on TikTok. How does it even work? Lots it's, of hairspray, I'm guessing. I I don't get it. They probably sleep with curlers in, and I'm not saying there's any shame in that. I'm just saying it as a fact. You I, know? It just, it, it doesn't, I could never do it. No. I, I'm glad I missed this. I have the head of a Lego man and the hair of a 50s news broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I can do one thing and one thing only, and that is part it to the side and not think about it. If I try I, to do anything else, I die. I think we all look great with our side parts and I think we should not be getting rid of them anytime soon. Thanks. How else can we make it so that the youth don't listen to this podcast? <laughs> Keep calling them the youth is probably a good start. Today at work, I said to the new groomer at the doggy daycare, I was like, oh yeah, I could tell that uh, I was really aging myself with the youths back there. And she goes, how old are you? And I was like, 25. She's like, she goes, oh, I definitely thought you were 18. So that's what I'm doing with my life right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite. People yep. see me and they're like, oh, who's that late 30s man over mm-hmm. there? And I'm like, I can't even rent a car, sir. Mm-hmm. Please card me. Yep. Yep, yep. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I can rent a car. Please don't card me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, speaking of a movie where renting a car is probably something that the characters could have done. Probably. Uh, Today we're talking about Sleepless in Seattle. Woo! Oh, I wasn't sure what the reaction was supposed to be. (laughs) I I wasn't sure either. I love this movie. I'll say that. That's a good reaction, right? I had never seen it before. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it for the first time about three hours ago. Love it. It was delightful. See? It's a great movie. Absolutely delightful. Yeah. I mean, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movies are generally classics, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're rom-coms, but, like, Gage would disagree because he has no fun bones in his body. But I think they're easily enjoyed (laughs) by all. What do you mean he has no fun bones in his body? Like Does he see this and just think that would never work out? Yes. Literally, he was oh. watching this and he's like, this isn't fun. I hate romance. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just kind of how he is. It's fine. I, I accept him and love him. <laughs> well, it's good that someone can. Yeah. Not you, Dan. Uh, so, not me. <laughs> it would I never work. Him. It would never work out. <laughs> Our middle parts would cancel each other out. Oh my god, your middle parts would clash. So Sleepless in Seattle, released in 1993, directed by Nora Ephron, written by Nora Ephron, David S. Ward, and Jeff Arch, starring Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Bill Pullman, Ross Malinger, Gabby Hoffman, and Rob Reiner, in addition to Rosie O'Donnell, Victor Garber, and David Hyde Pierce. 
Give me that star-studded uh, cast. Absolutely. Released on June 25th, 1993, with a budget of $21 million, it made a cool $227.8 million mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 75% approval rating, mm-hmm. and Roger Ebert said the film was as ephemeral as a talk show, as contrived as The Late Show, and yet so warm and gentle, I smiled the whole way through. Now, I'll tell you right now, Gage and I watching this movie, and now don't make fun of me. I know every couple says some garbage crap like this, but this came from my romance-hating boyfriend's mouth. Uh-huh. Gage saw a lot of himself in Tom Hanks' character, <laughs> but he also did. every two seconds when Meg Ryan's character would say something, he'd be like, ugh, that's you. So <laughs> Gage has decided that Annie and Sam are me and him. Thank you for coming. I still think we're Bob and Linda in true classic middle, uh, I almost said middle, middle Eastern, <laughs> millennial millennial fashion i don't know i'm having i'm just having an episode anyway wait well what movie are you talking about bob and linda belcher from bob's burgers oh from bob's burgers sorry i thought you didn't give a last name and i was like bob and linda from what i'll let you decide which bob and linda we are bob and linda versus the maelstrom the knockoff of joe versus the volcano yes that's the one uh I didn't see myself in Tom Hanks. I would like to have seen myself in Tom Hanks, but I just didn't. I also would oh. like to see myself in that is terrible. Please edit that no. out. No. Sorry, mom. I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> He's just really cute in like the late 80s and early 90s. That was peak Tom Hanks attractiveness. Don't question he did. me. Yeah. He was. Um, but I definitely saw Anna Horst um not in uh, what was her name? The one with the the annoying laugh. That's a really bad Victoria? way to describe my girlfriend. I saw her in Victoria, not well, because of the annoying laugh, but just because Victoria seems so fun-loving. Victoria is seems, like, objectively a very nice person. She's not a yeah. bad person. It's not her no. fault that she has an annoying laugh. Some of us are just cursed that way. <laughs> if anything, the two worst people in the movie are Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Think about it. I mean, it. yeah, they, well, Tom Hanks isn't a bad oh, person, sorry. but I think. No, Jonah is objectively the worst person Correct. in the movie. Followed by his girlfriend and then Meg Ryan. Correct. But they're children, so we can't really blame them. Jonah and Jessica, they're children. We can't blame them. Eh, they're adults now. True. Oh, side note, when we get to it later on, this movie has one of my favorite lines of all time. I'm trying to think about what it would be. I have no idea. Is it about the fridge? No. I'll tell you later. Okay. Well, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. So the movie starts out, as all good rom-coms should, in a cemetery. Love it. Love it. So sad. Where Tom Hanks' wife and Jonah's mother has died of something. We don't know, but it's something. It's sad. I think it's cancer. Probably. Probably cancer. Yeah. Uh, oh, and wait, I just want to say the opening song is so beautiful. I love that version. There, The music in this movie is phenomenal. It's a mm-hmm. make someone happy. Just make one someone happy. That song, I love that song. Yeah. Then oh, you will be soundtrack. happy to bump, 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 that one. Uh, so 
Sam, who is Tom Hanks's character, in order to get away from life, takes a, a long-term break from his job as an architect in a building directly next to Tribune Tower in Chicago. Yes. To move to Seattle with his son and just get away from life, get away from things. And live in the perfect houseboat of my dreams. I love right? that house. It's so cute. You know, aside from the whole dead wife thing, mm-hmm. what a great circumstance he finds himself in. Truly, truly. That's a big asterisk <laughs> to put on that circumstance. His but, wife's dead, you know what? but his house is beautiful. Yeah, right? He's an architect. He could fix up anything that gets messed up in the boat. You know, how architects I, work. That's not how architects work, but okay. My knowledge of architecture is exclusively from how I met your mother. So, Well, that's not a very good realistic example, Dan. Yes, <laughs> Architect I know. listeners weigh in. So, anyway, we then have a time jump to 16 months later, and Tom Hanks has longer hair now. He looks better. Much more of a perm. His pants are tighter than ever before. (laughs) I didn't notice that. No, Tom Hanks just notoriously wore (laughs) tight pants back in the day, and it was, like, really a vibe. (laughs) Uh, So... Tom Hanks' son, a psychopath named Jonah, is worried. I love Jonah. So, okay, you know. <laughs> You're getting annoyed with me. You, I you can see past his flaws. I can't. <laughs> okay, fine. I just think Jonah, when I was little, I thought to myself, if I have a kid, I think I said this about Landon too, but these are both true facts. When I was little, I wanted to have kids, preferably sons apparently, and name mm-hmm. one of them Landon and one of them Jonah. Now I'm an adult who would very clearly rather name her her fantasy sons Peter and Parker, but my mom said those names sound silly with the last name Patterson, so that's just kind of where I'm at in my life. Peter Patterson picked a peck of pickled peppers. Yeah, I know. But Peter and Parker, get it? I'm, I'm happy that you don't want to name your kids, like, Eastbray. Ew, Dan, that was assaulting my ears. I hated that. Yeah. That was abrasive. I'm I'm sorry if you've named your child one of those modern farmhouse chic names is the best way that I could describe them. But if you have a barn door in your house, I probably am not a fan of what you've named your child. Probably. Stick with the classics. Name them John. All your kids should be named John. All of them. Every last child. The, the 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 name that I give every character in any script that I write, Michael. Male, female, anything, Michael. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Back Jonah, to the movie. <laughs> the psychopath, it's Christmas Eve, so he calls Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. Dr. Marshall hosts... Fields. Oh, don't get me started on Marshall Fields. <laughs> Anyway, Bring back my frangos. Um, They're still there, Dan. I know, but you have to go into Macy's for them. It's just True. not the same. True. The red star is not the same as the green bag. You right. Preach, Dan. Ooh, I will. So she's a clinical psychologist who has a national radio show. Just like Dr. Uh, Frazier Crane, another show yeah. that, that David Hyde Pierce was in. <laughs> she's kind of like the Delilah if Delilah didn't play music and also sucked a lot less. Delilah. Uh, anyway. So <laughs> Dr. Fieldstone, she gets Jonah to put Tom Hanks on the air. And of course, he's upset, but he ends up talking about his dead wife to her. 
endearing himself to women across the land, including one Meg Ryan, who earlier in the day has just told her family that she and her milk toast boyfriend are now engaged. He's literally the blandest. Walter, he's funny specifically because he's just such a lame-o. Through no fault of his own, he's yeah. just like, just lame. <laughs> he's just well, lame. Walter is, and I mean this to no insult to anyone who is this, but he is every middle manager office worker who gets to that level and just like, I'm good here. Yep. Listen, I'm sure Walter in another fantasy world made someone very happy. Some woman was very happy with her bland Walter. With her very stable life. But it wouldn't be me who wanted that Walter. Couldn't be me. I will say, once, spoiler, once they break up at the end. Um, spoiler takes alert. It, yeah, he takes it like a champ. Are I you mean, kidding me? Doesn't he say something like, she says you deserve better, and he goes like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yes, Walter, with the self-worth. <laughs> Everybody has incredible self-confidence in this movie, mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. And I just sounded like a BuzzFeed headline. No, but um, it's true. So, thousands of women across the country are touched by the story of Sleepless in Seattle. Myself including included. Including Meg Ryan. And Anna. She wrote a letter. However, she was 27 negative. years too late. I was negative two. <laughs> My parents had uh, freshly gotten married. Yeah. So, Meg Ryan, she secretly writes a letter uh, to Sam. And her co-worker ends up sending it after Meg Ryan throws it out. Her co-worker, played by Rosie O'Donnell, who I didn't realize was Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, I mean, this was, no offense to Rosie O'Donnell. This was back when Rosie was still not, not as... as divisive? I was going to say not as intimidating. hmm I mean, I don't know... <sighs> I like Rosie in this movie because I think she still seems like a regular person. Whereas mm-hmm. now if I saw Rosie O'Donnell was doing something, I'd be like, I it's can't Rosie get Rosie O'Donnell. It. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like kind I of, think she, Oh, sorry. It's kind of in a different way. The issue that Tom Hanks has now, like even if he's playing a character, you're like it's Tom Hanks, yeah. but in a completely different way. In a my father way. <laughs> the you know? hair on Tom Hanks in this movie and the hair that my dad had around this time are strikingly similar. Oh, I was not talking about actually my dad. I just was talking about how Tom Hanks is America's dad. But Oh, yes. yeah, no, I got what oh, you were okay, saying. Phew, but... Just making sure, because my dad yeah. looks nothing like Tom Hanks hair-wise. Sorry, Dad. If my dad were to be compared to a celebrity in his youth it would probably be tom hanks Mm. my dad looked like um you've seen that 70s show right yeah my dad looked like hyde in the 70s i thought you're gonna say red no (laughs) no (laughs) my grandpa kind of reminds me of red but he has more hair more hair oh but the like fashions the style definitely yeah anyway so jonah Sees the letter from Meg Ryan, and he's like, ooh, she's a fan of Brooks Robinson of the Baltimore Orioles. 
it's love, Dad. It's it love. is love. It is absolutely yeah. love. And this is like, sorry, I just wanted to say this is when like Meg Ryan has only chosen to write this letter because she pretty much was pressured into it by her best friend, Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. And they're watching this sappy, what is it? An affair to remember? An affair to remember with Cary Grant. Yes. They're watching an affair to remember. And Rosie O'Donnell is like, tell him you want to meet him on top of the empire state building on Valentine's day. And like all this sappy, sappy, sappy stuff. And yeah, I don't even remember why Jonah gets... Oh, yeah, you're right, because of the baseball thing. But that's, yeah. like, the only reason why Jonah gets hooked on her. There are lesser reasons, I guess, than a I, shared love of third baseman Brooks Robinson of the Baltimore Orioles. I guess We if, all have that. Uh, sure. <laughs> I guess if you're eight, <laughs> that's something that, like... Like, an eight-year-old boy, an eight-year-old kid of any age, or of any mm-hmm. walk of life, I feel like sports would be a uniting thing to some degree like i knew kidding me packer players when i was little that's a different sport but yeah if a woman told me when i was eight that she loved kirk heinrich i would have been head over heels for her oh good trivia question what sport does kirk heinrich play is he a professional curler dan no i don't know he is a basketball player oh (laughs) yeah i failed that (laughs) trivia question yeah formerly of the chicago bulls oh I loved him when I was eight because he was white and scrappy. Just like you. Right? Just like you. (laughs) Uh, So, of course, Tom Hanks is resistant to dating anyone. um, Because no one's as good as his wife, obviously. Obviously, but he comes home one day and finds Jonah alone in his bedroom with this girl named Jessica. And they are cuddled up on a chair together. And seeing that, and Jessica, by the way, is the worst. She only talks in acronyms H and G, hi, and goodbye. I oh, love it. I, I love it. Her. I know you would have, but I, I love that. The kids are such little jerks, but they're so funny. I love that. They're, yeah. They're very funny, but there is no room for disrespect in the Hanks household, in the Hanks no. O'Keefe household. Yes. Our combo, our dad relationship. Yes. Your co parenting situation. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, but seeing this sorry no you're good okay well seeing this tom hanks is like well maybe i should go on a date i don't know if my son's dating i will i was gonna say um before this like right before this i believe is when my favorite Uh line comes up it's either before this or after this i can never remember but um it's when he's hanging out with his friend the contractor and he's Uh talking about like is my butt cute blah 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 my favorite line in the whole movie is when Tom Hanks is sitting there and they're talking about tiramisu. And Tom Hanks goes, what's tiramisu? Some woman's going to want me to do it to her and I'm going to, I'm not going to know what it is. And that's just my favorite <laughs> line of any movie, anytime, anywhere, any place as my favorite movie line of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Mm-hmm. I've realized in my synopsis, I don't mention Rob Reiner at all, which is, Completely out of character for me. Is that Rob Reiner, the friend? Yeah. Oh, whoops. I would never have known. Thank you. That is a mid-30s Rob Reiner. Mm. I hope to look like that in my mid-30s. I don't know what to tell you. Considering I look like I'm in my mid-30s in my early 20s. True. Where could I go from here? 
stagnant plateau. Yeah, I'm just gonna stay. I'm gonna stay here mm-hmm. until I die at 94. Correct. Looking like the youngest 94 year old in the world. My mom texted me the other day. She's like, "I figure I got at least 30 more good years." I was like, "Mom, <laughs> I don't want to think about that." Uh, so Tom Hanks he ends up calling uh, a woman he knows from work named Victoria, and they end up planning a date for Friday night. Jonah, hearing this, hates it because he didn't pick her, and it's not Meg Ryan. Yes. So he hates her, like but all children do. Jonah also like goes on this whole rant when he's asking his dad if he's going to start dating again, where he asks him if he's going to have sex, which is so uncomfortable to watch. But it's also so funny. It is funny. It's just also the most awkward thing on the face of the earth. Yeah, the... The relationships between all the characters in this movie are so endearing. And they're they're so natural. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the like the um chemistry, like family wise and friend wise and everything is just it makes sense. Also, we yeah. forgot to say, guess who's playing Tom Hanks' sister in this movie? <laughs> Oh, we yeah, we did forget to say that. Tom Hanks' sister is played by his wife, Rita Wilson. Mm-hmm. In this movie, she's married to Victor Garber. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. <laughs> like, mm, you and your wife don't have good enough chemistry to play a couple on screen. How about instead, she's your sister? Yeah. But she, you know who she does have chemistry with? Not only Victor Garber. But Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, How do you feel about that, Tom? Tom's never been insecure a day in his life. On Family Ties, he played insecure very well when he was the drunk uncle drinking vanilla from the kitchen at night. Mm. Well, played being the operative word. Other than that, never been insecure a day in his life. There's no such thing as acting. That's my hot take for this week. Oh, no. Hate that. (laughs) Uh, So, at the same time that Tom and Victoria start going going out, and she has, according to the synopsis, a cackling hyena-like laugh. Oh, that seems uh, a little mean, but, like, also true. Yeah. Uh, Jonah sends a letter back to Meg Ryan saying, yeah, I'll meet you there. So, she... Already has a plan with her fiance, Mr. White Bread. To... No, he's allergic to that. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. He probably isn't allergic. He's to allergic that to one. nuts. He's allergic to like a million things. Yeah. But, okay. If you're allergic to white bread, it's because you're allergic to the chemicals. Because there's nothing in it but like, True. glycerin. No, he's allergic to wheat bread. I was just kidding. Okay. I'm glad that we got that cleared up. Just wanted to clarify for everyone which allergies this is not real character. <laughs> Uh, she and Mr. White Bread already have a plan to be in New York on Valentine's Day for what sounds like a romantic date. The way that it's planned is very businesslike, but yeah. also it sounds like they're going to have a fun time. I also love how when Victoria rolls up at the date, the waiter seats her and goes, and she goes, I have, and he goes, a white wine spritzer? Yes, I know. And like runs off. Like this is her spot. This is yeah. Victoria's spot. <laughs> Um, so she gets a letter back from Jonah and they agree that they will meet on the rooftop of the Empire State Building, but because Meg Ryan is a newspaper reporter, remember this is when newspapers still existed, 
rest in paper. Um, she decides that she's going to write a story about Sleepless in Seattle, the tale that tugged at the heartstrings of millions of women across the country. So she lies to her boyfriend and says that she has to go to, for, to Chicago for a story. And this is really the only confusing part I have about the movie. <sighs> it's already getting adulterous. Okay, what's what are you confused about? I'll answer My you. My confusion... She and her boyfriend have a very good matter-of-fact relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why she couldn't have just said that she's going to write a story about Sleepless in Seattle and say that she's going to Seattle. I'm going to be honest with you, Dan. She probably thought that if she told him that, he'd be like, you're cheating on me, and she like couldn't handle the guilt. There's mm-hmm. probably some like guilt involved, you know, just... I don't know. I'm not... <laughs> I would never do something like this. You know, I can't lie. I'd be like, "Ah." but like (laughs) she probably thought that if she told any sort of the truth that he'd like, I feel like we think that way because like put yourself in Annie's shoes. If you were going to Seattle and it would be on like your phone, it would be on all your locations. Like people would be able to find out that that's where you were. Uh huh you'd be a little bit more open about it. Whereas in the eighties where you could go wherever and pretty much be off the grid for a little while, I guess there's less room to actually tell the truth. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think it makes sense in my head, but I don't know if it's making sense out loud. Like, I think she felt like she, if she told even that little bit more truth that he'd figure out all this stuff, even though, why would he think you're in love with somebody from the radio that literally makes no sense? Yeah. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I hope that made sense, everyone. I'm sorry you all had to listen to my ramblings. Anna, what year do you think that this came out? The 90s. You said the 80s. Oh, crap. My bad. I got you. I can't let, trust anything you say anymore. You can't trust you said anything one I minor say. Minor thing wrong. Ever, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it was the early '90s, which is pretty much still the '80s, so it counts. Yeah, the '80s ended in 1993. Correct. '94. '94. Maybe even later, because the Earth, like Friends, started in '94, and that still feels like the late '80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, time. Is an illusion, okay? This is off topic, but I I think about when decades ended, when they actually ended. Oh, I always no. think that's really interesting. Like yeah. the 60s were really only uh, not eight years, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Probably 61 to 69. Mm-hmm. And the 80s were honestly still going on. Um, no, the 2000s are still going on because they started on 9-11 and they haven't ended. Nah, they're ending. People are changing things, Dan. Yeah. Things are different than they were in 2000. You can, you can tell yourself that. It's okay. Yeah, Justin Timberlake's a bad guy now, apparently. I don't know. I don't know that that's really true. I haven't watched the Free Britney documentary, so. Me either. I'm not sure. We'll come back to this next week, having watched not only our actual yeah. <laughs> movie, but also having watched the the Britney documentary. So. so you get a twofer next week. Not only a movie, you also get a documentary review. Mm-hmm. So in Sleepless in Seattle, she goes to visit Sleepless in Seattle 
where getting off the plane at the airport, where Jonah and Tom Hanks are dropping Victoria off for a flight, Tom Hanks and her lock eyes. Well, actually, only Tom Hanks locks eyes. She doesn't see him, but Tom Hanks entranced. Oh, yeah. He's like, who's that babe at the airport? Mm, Those are his exact thoughts. Give me those digits, girl. I wish. I wish he said that. (laughs) Yep. Also, pre-9-11 movie, they're standing at the gate saying goodbye to someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, another sign that this is a pre-9-11 movie is when you see New York, the World Trade Center is still there. Yeah, Gage kept asking that. He's like... Where's the World Trade Center? Where's the World Trade Center? I was like, he kept know. asking that. Well, yeah, because we were not paying that close attention to the skyline. We were distracted by how much I love this movie. Uh, so, so yeah, Tom Hanks is in love with her, mm-hmm. and Annie decides to stalk him using all the information that she's found from a private detective that she so hired earlier. Creepy, but like at the same time, I guess this is kind of the same as like Facebook stalking somebody nowadays. Because you know, I don't go. Well, now currently I'm in this relationship, but I used to not ever go anywhere with anybody or not talk to anyone practically without stalking them on social media first. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know, what if they're weird? Yeah. What if they, you don't know, say that they're going to fly to Chicago, but actually fly to Seattle and then start stalking someone in person? You got to cross that off the list before you know that they're cool. I'm not trying to get murdered, you know, Dan. I'm not trying to get stalked in Seattle. That's the sequel. Stalked in Seattle? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Actually, no, that's the VeggieTales version of this. I don't think there needs to be a VeggieTales version. This is a pretty clean movie, minus the one scene where his son asks about sex. But it's very matter-of-fact. Correct. So maybe it's like VeggieTales teen. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So, uh... She sees Tom Hanks and Jonah playing on the beach, and she doesn't approach him. Uh, and then later the next day after talking to Rosie O'Donnell about it, she says, you know what? I am going to see him and I'm going to approach him. She sees him from across the street where Sam and Jonah are hugging Tom Hanks' wife, (laughs) also known as Sam's sister. Yes. Um, a truck driver, because she's standing in the middle of the street, is honking at her to get out of the road. So (laughs) she does. Side Uh, note, may I just say, at the end of the movie, if you watch the credits, there's a list of people who were hired for stunts. And, like, that's the uh-huh. only scene I can think of that could possibly have a stunt, quote unquote. When Tom Hanks is jogging at the airport at the end? I guess. There's literally no other explanation yeah. to me. It's like in the original Batman TV show in the 60s Batman with Adam West. Mm hmm. When they showed Batman and Robin running up the steps to yeah. like City Hall. Oh no, was there a stunt double for that? Those were stunt doubles. They're running. You need a stunt double to run? Yeah. Oh goodness. I guess like if you twist your ankle or something, but that's like the only when, thing I can think of. When you have a big money star like Tom Hanks or Meg Ryan or Burt Ward, <laughs> you gotta oh. you gotta protect the money. Oh, <sighs> I guess. We can't have any rolled ankles. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, they exchange hellos. And then Meg Ryan, realizing, what am I doing? Goes back to New York and Walter. And she sees, well, seeing that Sam is with his sister, thinks, oh, he has a girlfriend. I'm being crazy. And while in the film, he does have a girlfriend and it's not his sister in real life, of course, mm-hmm. it is. I love it. I love the the little reality subtext that's peeking in there. Oh, goodness. It... <laughs> continue. Just continue. Uh, sorry. My... So where I record, it's in my office and we share a wall with my neighbor. Yes. And they are in their room. They're watching a movie or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounds like they're watching a movie. Uh, however, at one point last week, I was working in here and Anna was in the kitchen mm-hmm. and I heard a sneeze. Oh, no. So loudly, I went, bless you. Oh, no. And Anna went, what? And oh, then no. it all hit me. And I was like, wait, that sneeze sounded way more muffled than it should have. And I was like, our neighbor just sneezed and I wished her bless you thinking it was you. She probably appreciated it. So then I again yelled through the wall, I'm sorry, that was weird. And she said something muffled in return. So I think we're all good. She probably wants to be your friend. Meanwhile, don't worry. I'm fighting with my neighbors, so. Oh, good. I'm just trying to save her soul every time she sneezes. What are you fighting with your neighbors about? Uh, nothing. They just break rules, and I broke one rule, but mine was in the name of helping a dog, and theirs was in the name of getting real high. And Ah. I just don't really like them. So there's a lot of (laughs) more drama to that, but I'm not going to subject our listeners to it. You should... Burn a copy of this on a CD and slide it under their door. Maybe I will. Until they... And, and you're going to realize that they don't have a CD player. That's going to be the end of all this. I don't even care. Honestly, their car got stuck in the parking lot today, and I didn't help them. And I feel really guilty about it, but at the same time, I'm like, good. So... <laughs> That's where I'm at. You can't see my face, but it's just yikes. I can see your face, and it is a yikes. I, I, I don't I meant apologize. the general populace, but this episode is being released during Lent. Oh, wait, you're right. Sorry. I know. I'm sorry, God. <laughs> I forgot we weren't just, you know, shooting the old you-know-what for a second there. Ooh, and the podcast gets too chill. Too chill. Yeah. If you're wondering what our conversations are like before we start recording, it's mostly this. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, so Meg Ryan goes back to New York to be with her boyfriend where they are going to have a wonderful date night on Valentine's Day. Jonah cannot stand this. So mm-hmm. with Slams the help of Jessica, down. with the help of Jessica, he makes the trip to New York himself. He gets a reservation. He gets to New York, gets a taxi and gets all the way to the top of the Empire State Building, which is a very expensive overall trip that he's been on so far. So fun fact, I've been to the Empire State Building but one time and it was on a Uh high school trip and my parents came with and LOL, my poor father had some sort of food poisoning or something and couldn't come up to the top with us. That's the whole story. That's, yeah, he got a watch because the farthest he could make it was to the gift shop on like the second floor. But he was really, really sick, and he was worried that if he went in the uh, elevator that he would puke, so. 
he would not be the only thing coming up. Precisely. That is it. Yeah. Because that thing goes fast. It does. Oh, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've never been to the top of the Empire State Building or anything like that, but my dad used to work in an office where he was on the 40th floor, mm-hmm. which for all intents and purposes isn't that tall it's in the grand scheme tall. of things. It is tall, but compared to the Empire State Building or the Sears Tower or something like that. Yeah. But still, the elevator up to his office, my ears popped. Yeah, exactly. Going in that. I stayed on the 40th floor of a hotel in Las Vegas, and it was the same thing. Every time we went up there, my ears popped. Yeah. Um, so Jonah is in New York, meaning that Sleepless in Seattle, also known as Tom Hanks, is like, <laughs> what the hell? I need to get to New York and... Make sure that my son doesn't die. It's very Finding Nemo. Where Have you seen yeah. my son? Yeah, so he goes through the entire plot of Finding Nemo, including riding a snapping turtle. Yes, I wish. an airplane in this world. Um, and he does get up to the Empire State Building, and he sees Jonah, where it is now late at night, and Jonah has been waiting patiently all day, asking every woman if she is Annie. I'm surprised he didn't get lifted by a creep, you know. It was I the mean, 90s. I, it was a different time. I Creeps don't know. didn't exist yet. New York is still New York, you know what I mean? I mean, this had already been... Times Square was basically Disney-fied at this point. It was not the New York of the 70s. I guess, but still, I don't trust anyone, so... I trust everyone. Much to my detriment. Dan, no. Anyway, somebody told me they have a bridge to sell me, so I'm going to look into that. Oh, Dan. Uh, Annie, she's at dinner with Walter, where Walter gives her a beautiful ring. His mother's ring. Yeah. It is gorgeous that he had to he had to get the ring size shrunk because his mother had very fat fingers. It'd be like that. Some people got fat fingers, Walter. What of it? Yeah. And and she tells the whole Sleepless in Seattle story to him. And then Walter, he doesn't want to be the person that Annie settles for. So they Amen. amicably agree to part ways. And this is like while the, the Empire State Building has a heart lighting up in the window. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful because it's Valentine's Day. Love it. And when Annie, when she sees that the hearts have lit up the Empire State Building window, she's like, that's a sign it's something. I have to go. He might be there. So she rushes over to the Empire State Building where, even though the observation deck is closed, the security guard's wife's favorite movie is An Affair to Remember. Mm-hmm. So he lets her up there where he's not there. Tom Hanks and, and Jonah, they've left. They've gone down. We all crying. We crying in the club. But Jonah forgot his backpack, <gasps> which Meg Ryan finds. Yes. think, oh. Now is there going to be a chase for her to figure out how to return this backpack to someone? But no, Tom Hanks and Jonah, they come back up where he's like, I left it over by the viewfinder. Or I forgot what he called mm-hmm. it. The um, binoculars or whatever. Yeah. But the only view that Tom Hanks finds is, is Meg Ryan. <gasps> Beautiful. There they meet. They observate. They end up leaving down the elevator. And as Jimmy Durante sings, Make Someone Happy. Oh, wait, that's when Make Someone Happy comes in. Yeah. I love that song. We fade to black, and that is Sleepless in Seattle. I love it. I love it. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. it, too. Good. It seems like a movie that would be right up your alley, Dan. Yeah. It absolutely is. I mean, this is the first time I've seen it. It It's just, it's such a... Cute isn't the right word, but it's such a cute movie. It's a feel-good movie. Like, you just feel yeah. good. Gage was not satisfied because we don't know what happens to them afterwards. Like, do they stay together? Do they get together? I'm like, I don't know. Just be happy with the ending. They found each other. In my mind, nothing happens after the ending. That is the end of their story. Whatever happens doesn't matter. Yeah, true. They could just be normal after that. Maybe they yeah. don't stay together. It's okay. We don't know. We don't need to know. Maybe Jonah and Jennifer run off together at the age of 12. Oh, we don't no. know. No, no, no. No. No, thank Jennifer, you. Jennifer would have grown tired of him Long in two before weeks. that. Jennifer, where is Jonah? Jennifer, this is your father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. um, the only, like, the only thing that I have, I guess two things I have against this movie. Uh, number one is that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are really only together in it for like three minutes. Okay. I don't see how that's an issue, but okay. It's an issue because they have great chemistry together and I want to see them together more. Oh, fair. Okay. You know what? Yeah. Fair. And the number two is that Rob Reiner is only in two scenes. Oh my goodness. He's not the main focus. I understand. Look, the man who made it when Harry met Sally, he's allowed in it however many scenes he wants. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. And I, I bet you think that's a hint of what the next episode that we're going to be talking about is. It's not. Aha! Aha! We are Dan. not talking about when Harry met Sally. That We're not that Give us another year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is there not to like about this movie? The Nothing. characters are great. The story, yes, it's predictable. Yes, I mean, Roger Ebert summed it up perfectly. It's predictable, it's cheesy, but it's just so warm. It's and, and good. inviting. And it's a good-feeling movie. Yeah. That it's not just like, but it's not empty calories either. No, and there are parts of it that are like still really funny and clever. And mm-hmm. it's not so over-the-top cheesy that you're like choking on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the uh, the jokes in this, they're not a lot of the stereotypical, in quotes, bad rom-com jokes of setup, punchline, but um kind no. of jokes. These are, these are clever, they fit within the scene, and they just keep rolling along. They're like jokes that friends would make with each other, one or of my, a dad would make with his son. Yeah, one of my other favorite parts in this movie is Jonah sees Victoria and his dad, well... I do love the part when he is on the phone with Dr. Marsha Fieldstone while Victoria and Sam are kissing and he goes, he's kissing the hoe. He calls her a hoe. (laughs) Um, But I love the part when they're on this date and he's screaming and screaming and Sam comes back in the house and Sam's like, what, what, what? And Jonah's like, I thought I saw a black widow spider. And Sam goes, well, next time you think you see a black widow spider, calmly go, excuse me, dad, but I think there is a very poisonous spider in our house and I will take care of it. I think that is so funny. Maybe other people don't think it's funny, but I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Yes. I agree with you completely. Dad, there is a poisonous spider. <laughs> I mean, do you have anything else to add about I mean, I have some trivia, but do you have anything else to add review wise? 
not really. I mean, this is like about the millionth time I've seen this movie. Uh-huh. Um, and I told Gage, one of the reasons why, like, yeah, this is a rom-com, but I don't really count it as a rom-com for me because when I watch it, I think of like spending time with my mom because my mom really likes this movie. Yeah. And she was the one who showed it to me first. Like we own it on VHS first, I believe. And there'd just be some times like when I was little, she'd be home from summer for the summer because she was a teacher and I'd be home for the summer for like um, from school. And we'd be folding laundry or something, and she'd just be like, let's watch a movie, and we watched this or something like that. And it just is a cute movie. Like, it's a good movie, and it's timeless, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it takes place in the 90s, and things were different then, but, I mean, the trials and tribulations of dating are still very similar, and, like, long-distance dating, like, it's timeless, I think. Yeah. You could take the exact same story and set it now, and it would still make sense. Yeah. Yeah, like, I am way more likely in my mind to watch this with my dad than I am mm-hmm. with Anna. Yeah. It's just Why? that kind of movie. Yeah. It's just a good, like, it's not a romantic, let me watch this and be romantic type movie. It's a, yeah. I like this movie, I'm going to watch it. It just has a romantic plot. It's not a quote-unquote chick flick in my mind. It's just a good no. movie. And I'm also way more likely to watch this with my dad because this is the exact type of movie that my dad would like yeah is he a big Tom i need to Hanks, ask him Meg if he's ryan fan he's um he's a big fan of light-hearted comedies and like 90s movies he loves sister act i think sister act 2 might be his favorite movie that or pitch perfect interesting choices strong female characters he's all about that Love that. How progressive. Right? Very progressive. Love that. Hair at the time, the same. His hair was progressive. Same as Tom Hanks. Yes. Love it. He had progressive hair. Love the progressive um, hair. So, the trivia that I have about this mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, the movie is titled Skies of Synchronicity. What? Don't know why. Okay. Don't know why. Okay. Um, when Meg Ryan says, this man sells the greatest soup you have ever eaten, and he is the meanest man in America. Mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about this, Becky. It's not just about the soup. This came out two years before they did the Soup Nazi episode on Seinfeld, mm. and they are both references to Ali Yegenish, or Yegena, who was the real-life version of the soup Nazi, who was the subject of a 1989 New Yorker article. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I kind of love that. Right? I thought it had something to do with the soup Nazi, but I wasn't sure what the timeline was, so I'm glad you mentioned that, because I was going to say, I was like, is that a reference? But I didn't know it was a real person. Yeah. The scene where Tom Hanks and Victor Garber cry over the Dirty Dozen was improvised. During filming, that which scene makes, total makes sense. me want to punch everyone because it just—it's <laughs> every every guy being sassy to somebody in their life, like any girl in their life having a feelings and enjoying something. That's how her guy friends will react. Oh, I thought that scene was hilarious. Oh, it so. is hilarious. I just also is very like that's the kind of dudes will be dudes, guys will be guys that I yeah. support. 
teasing, light teasing, yes. <laughs> and then a couple of what could have been things. Dennis Quaid was considered for the role of Sam. Mm. I love Dennis Quaid, but that's a downgrade. Yeah, no, Tom Hanks is the only option in my mind, but continue. Okay, and I'm going to list off all the women who were considered for the role of Annie, because there mm-hmm. are far more. And I want you, after each one, just give me uh, better or worse or the same. Okay, hit me. Julia Roberts. Worse. Kim Basinger. Don't know who that is. Michelle Pfeiffer. <gasps> same. Same. I had to okay. think. Jody I had to Foster. think. Mm, same. Nicole Kidman. Worse. And Demi Moore. Worse. Yeah, I I realized that saying better isn't really possible. Yeah, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are just such an iconic duo that I feel like there's no way it could be better, you know? Yeah. Also surprised for Rita that she was never asked to read for Annie. Poor Rita. I know, right? Mm-hmm. She has the chemistry. Well, I guess they don't really need the chemistry for a lot of the movie. Just in True. the brief scenes they share together. Just when they're uh, looking at each other. In the original script, it would have started off with Annie and Sam both leaving Chicago after devastating losses. Oh, that's uh, really sad. Annie, Annie would have been going through a breakup. And they would have passed each other in the airport, oblivious to each other. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I think it, it's kind of cute. It wouldn't really change the movie very much. No, but like, I like that. Like, I love those stories that are like, here's a picture of my mom and dad on a beach from the 70s. And it's really just a picture of my mom's family. But my dad's in the background because they were in the same place at the same time and had no idea. Yeah, Those like, are so that's fun. That's the vibe that gives me. Um, and then the only other piece of trivia is that Ross Malinger, who played Jonah, Anna, mm-hmm. you already know this, mm-hmm. but he is the voice of TJ Detweiler on Recess. One of my favorite TV shows when I was little. So. So. Now now it's the question for you. Yes. Would the movie be better or worse than the same with Jonathan Taylor Thomas as the role of the voice actor of TJ Detweiler? Jonah. Ooh. He probably was about the same age. Right? No. Right? Well, JTT is... He's 39 right now, so he's only like three years older. I think it would have been... I think he could have done it. I think he could have done it. I think it would have been really good, and I think he could have done it. This character is really sassy and naughty, so I think he definitely could have pulled it off, and I think it would have been... Just as good, maybe a little bit better. Okay. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say it. Don't get me wrong, though. Jonah is so stinking cute in this movie. I'm not saying he's not, but, you know. Dan, how about you? Who would, let's see. Who would Jimmy Stewart take the role of? I have no idea. Victor Garber. No, I'm kidding. Would this movie be better or worse or the same with jimmy stewart in the role of he could be david hyde pierce's character and be annie's brother sure you know what it would be worse he would stand out like a sore thumb yeah she Everybody would be like so the well child so bad yeah. compared to him so i love you jimmy but it would be worse mm-hmm. it's gotta no, happen Anna. sometimes it's okay on a scale of one to five 
late night radio show sappy love columns. Yes. What do you give this? Four. A four, okay. Um There's not anything wrong with it. It's just like if you're looking for a sappy sappy movie, this isn't the move. Uh-huh. And I think that's I'm just grading it on a scale of sappiness, I guess. How okay. about you? For only the I'm looking through this fourth time over the span that we've been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I am giving this movie five stars. <gasps> oh, that makes me so happy. I like, it is a five star movie. This. I, I I adored it. Yeah. Good. Oh, I thought good. it was heartwarming. It was fantastic. Yes. I was looking for something that I could just smile at the whole way through. Good. Dan, and that makes me so happy. Perfect. It's a great movie. Like, I'm so glad. This was your first time watching it, you said, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, it makes me so happy that you liked it. Because it's just such a good, like, again, it it just holds such a, a special place in my heart. And I'm glad I got to share that with you, Dan. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Let me just be a little uh, gross and sappy. Friendship is the best ship for a second. The best ship is the Nina. Pinta and Santa Maria? Yes. Ah. I like the first one because it's alphabetical. No, you're right. Yeah. I, I also just realized that it's in alphabetical order. I never realized it before today either. Uh, so before we say what the next movie that we're going to be talking about is, I do have to give one brief update. We were talking about A Walk to Remember last week. Yes. And we were talking about Shane West. Oh, yeah. Here and we go. <laughs> I already texted you this. But mm-hmm. this weekend... I was watching Ocean's Eleven for probably the 5,000th time. It's a perfect movie. If we ever do that trilogy, I, I promise you, there is no movie that is more rewatchable than Ocean's Eleven. I've seen it before. Don't you worry. Okay. Well, it's on Netflix through the end of the month, so you have like two weeks to do this. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for more Shane West content. Always. And if you're looking not for peak Shane West, but Valley Shane West. Always. Exclusively because he has a goatee and it looks terrible. It does. Just watch the first 10 minutes of Ocean's Eleven. He is in a poker game at the beginning of the movie with a bunch of other of-the-time TV stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and including the ringleader of this group is Topher Grace, who no. is fittingly no. the only one who kind of still is I'm triggered. in the mainstream. <laughs> I was shot into fight or flight. <laughs> uh, so if you want some more good Shane West content, you can get it there. I always am on the lookout for good Shane West content, you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> anytime, anytime that I see Shane West in something, I will give an update. Thank you. It'll be very rare, but thank you. Yeah, until I move to, to Los Angeles and I see him in, like, a grocery store, then I could give my then you'll Shane summon West me. there. You'll summon yeah. me. Yeah, I'll say your name three times in a mirror. I'll burst into the room. <laughs> um, so while Anna tries to apparate into Shane West's house... Always. The movie that we will be talking about next week to wrap up, I guess, our romantic month of February... That's the theme for February now for unconnected romantic movies. Honestly, yes, I, I love it. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's fun. We're going to be talking about Splash. Oh, 
<gasps> Wait, this ties into so many of our movies. It does. I didn't it even ties think into about a Walk to Remember. It ties into this because it's got Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. We just mm-hmm. need to find the crossover with The Notebook. And then we do have a theme for the month. There's no crossover with The Notebook. I mean, I guess like... I bet they have the same there's... best boy grip. I want to say there's like a lot of water in both of these movies. <laughs> it's fine. Look, you'll figure out what the connection is next week. Yep. We'll get back to that. Yeah. So, uh, if you like the show and you want to find it on the internet, you can do so. Facebook and Twitter at and in conclusion on Instagram is at in conclusion podcast. Um, if you want to find me, you can do so on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe 86 on Instagram at D L R A A R, or you can read my blog at Dan O'Keefe.com. But the best way that you can support the show aside from our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash in conclusion is by telling your friends and spreading the word and getting more people to listen. Also, if you have any questions for us or like, any comments or anything or anything you want to be read on air, even if it's an ad, we'll do it for free. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'll sell my Or you can pay nothing. us. That'd be cool, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do that. We have an audience of thousands. Don't look that up. Um, spread the word. That's the best way you can support us. Anyway, Anna, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Prime 818 or you can find me on Twitter at Autobots Roll Out, capital O for auto, capital B for bots, capital R for roll, and the O in roll, and the O in out are zeros. You, you've started to close your eyes when you do it, and it looks like you're ascending to a higher plane, like, you, like you're meditating. I am. I'm focused. I'm in the zone, Dan. I'm. It's because I'm visualizing <laughs> what I'm saying so I don't mess it up. <laughs> get really focused. Well, come back. Come back next week where we will be talking about Splash. In the meantime, everybody stay safe. Have fun. Wear a mask. Stay Bye-bye. warm. Bye. Yes, stay warm. Bye. Sprunch? Ew, that sounds like sprunch, what I used to call fruit punch and and sprite mixed. Sprunch? What do you mean, ew? Sprunch is delicious.